fun that was. I have seen a lot of football, and that is the roughest week one I have seen in a long time. Stars go down hurt, expected studs crap the bed, and only night shift met their projected point totals. A couple of games and a couple of teams were close, but on the whole, scoring was down in week one. And honestly, I think Ben is probably right. Revs weighed in. It's just a rough week one all around. So, let's get to some urgent news. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. Last night, a monster trade was proposed and accepted. Ten players total traded hands between the Outcasts and the Unsullied, or Steeman Willie Beeman, whichever name you're going by this week, Sean, including Drew Brees, Martavis Bryant, and oddly enough, in my notes, it autocorrected to Martinis Bryant, so that could be fun. Luke Keekley and Cam Newton, among the others that are all switching hands. Ben put up a post that his entire defense and Drew Brees were up for grabs, and hey, I gotta hand it to you. You stuck to your guns, and you cut them all. Hopefully these new guys will give you a little, little bit of courage going forward, Ben. So, let's get into this week's Game Recaps. So damn hot. Milk was a bad choice. Okay, like I said, week one, rough. Just imagine yourself as Ron Burgundy roaming the streets of San Francisco, chugging on milk in the middle of a heat wave. Let's start with Night Shift versus Lance Manlove. Now, this one was over before the late games kicked off on Sunday. The highest-scoring defense of the week belonged to the night shift. And how about that rookie T.J. Watt? Hashtag turned down for Watt. Did even better than I'd hoped. Now, Lance Manlove did have the 7th-ranked offense, but he had the 10th-ranked defense. In fact, when I looked at the stats, T.J. Watt, a rookie in his first ever NFL game outscored on an individual basis every single player on Lance Manlove's roster. So let's take a minute and just listen in. I believe that the owner of Lance Manlove has taken the podium and is about to address the crowd. Uh, thank you all for being here today. Uh, first and foremost, uh, we must address our performance from this past week. Uh, obviously, we perform well below the line. We have high expectations around here, and we must accept that. We will not make excuses for our shortcomings. I believe excuses are a tool of the incompetent. We have a very capable group of young men around here, and despite the fact that we did not have our first round pick available to us this week, we must all pull together and take a next man up mentality. Every man with a helmet uh, must be ready to play, and uh, obviously we must have that next man up mentality and will not accept any excuses. Uh, we have a lot to look forward to this week. Uh, we think we have a lot of opportunity, and we are excited about that. Uh, we look forward to seeing the pedigree of our players, and 
we also must just be ready for next week. Uh, we must have a big windshield in front of us and a small rearview mirror behind us. Such is life in the National Football League, and we are ready to accept that, and we are ready to take all challenges on. Thank you very much. Next up, we have 302 taking on Jim Kelly Hates Cancer. Now, early on, Jim Kelly Hates Cancer looked good with uh, Andy Dalton quarterbacking 302, dropping so much more than a deuce and so much less in the point column. But in the end, Stephon Diggs is 302's MVP of the week, outscoring every player on an individual basis on Jim Kelly Hates Cancer's roster. Looks like a year in the system has really helped out Sam Bradford's rapport with Stefan. Now, Jim Kelly Hates Cancer is scrambling for answers at the running back position because we all know that David Johnson went down and the reports are that he dislocated his wrist and is going to be out for a couple months. Bruce Arians stated late yesterday that uh, they were expecting him back in time for Christmas which is not going to be a help to Chuck at all. Now, I believe that the owner for 302, one Connor Bizzle, has taken to the microphone and is addressing the media, so let's listen in. Head, I dare you to pick against me again as your upset of the week. See what happens. Do it. Do it. And Chuck, nice try. I know you and your Baltimore connection tried to take out my quarterback, but my team overcame. So take this as a warning against anyone else who thinks it's a good idea. You're not going to beat me. 302 wins. Next up, we have the Awful Waffles taking on the Ninja Panthers. Now, Ninja Panthers, what happened? All of your guys this week played like they were hungover, dead last in offense this week, and just barely avoiding last place in scoring defense by less than a point. This was a rough week for your squad, Rev. I, I feel sorry for you. Now, Awful Waffles didn't even need to field a defense to win this week. If you look at the stats, his offense alone, you take away all his defensive points, he still wins that game. That's not a good start to your season, Rev, so hopefully uh, your studs can pick it up. Next up, we're going to look at the Gridiron Mafia versus the Unsullied slash Steamy Willie Beeman, slash Make a Choice. Now, this was the tightest game of the week. It was a good, uh, good, well-fought battle. Now, the Unsullied had a shot late Monday, but C.J. Anderson was largely contained by the L.A. Chargers, and even though the Broncos won, they did not step up for the Unsullied, dropping him to 0-1. Gridiron Mafia miss her projected points by less than a point. So there's a little fun little factoid there for you. They also had the highest scoring quarterback of the week sitting on their bench and still managed the victory. So kudos to you, Gridiron Mafia. Grizzles Gladiators took on Sweatman's Runners, and Sweatman's Runners proves in this game the draft winning it wins you nothing. That A-plus grade did absolutely nothing for him because Grizzles Gladiators won with Sam Bradford and Leonard Fournette sitting on their bench. Only about a two-point difference in defensive play, but the offense is really what set these teams apart. With 
Sweatman owning the number eight offense and Grizzle owning the number three offense this week. In fact, if you look at the All Nellis team, it really was a team effort for Grizzle because neither team has a member in the All Nellis top scoring players of the week. Rounding out our games is Outcast versus Rusterguard 99. And Ben called it early. This was the toilet bowl. It really was looking to be the toilet bowl during the early games on Sunday, and it, it, it wound up being as much. Outcast would have only beaten three other teams this week besides Rosterguard 99. He was very lucky with the schedule uh, on this one. And yet Rosterguard 99 still narrowly misses finishing in last place in the league for this week. What can I say? This was a stinker, and the Outcast has traded away almost <laughs> almost a quarter of their roster after this week. So should we give the Outcasts an asterisk for this win? Uh, I, I'm being told that the owner of the Outcasts has stepped up to the podium and is about to address the media. So let's listen in. Hey, gang, it's Ben. Uh, week one sucked. I think we all know that by now. It was miserable to watch and miserable to play. Uh, a lot of fun over the last 24 hours trying to figure out some trades. Thanks to Sean for, uh, I think, making a good trade with me. Monster deal. Uh, look forward to hear what you guys think about that. Uh, moving forward, survival-wise, Chuck, Arizona kind of fucked you. Uh, sorry for that. Uh, due to a technical error, Joe got knocked out early, which means you guys need to make sure you save your picks in survival mode. Uh, the only thing I have to add is that, uh, Matthias, you're an asshole and you suck to trade with. Um, you know, just because the deal doesn't clearly fuck over the other person doesn't mean you can't make a fair trade. So, uh, you know, I hope you have a change of heart moving forward. See you guys next week. Peace. That's right! We can't have anyone freak out out there, okay? We've got to keep our composure. We've come too far. There's too much to lose. We've got to just keep our composure. Thank you, Frank the Tank, reminding us that even though week one was a rough one, Week two is a brand new week, and even though half of us are sitting at 0-1, that doesn't mean you have to keep going on that road. So, let's look at the games this week. We're going to start with 302 up against the Outcasts. Now, I, I didn't mention, but 302 has been churning their roster. Nine different players added in the last three days as of this recording. Now, how is this new chemistry going to help them? Or will it potentially hurt them? And what will the new Outcast members, all five of them, be doing for Ben? Martinis Bryant, I'm going to keep reading it every time it shows up like that, has a home game with Big Ben, and we all know that Big Ben is much better at home than away. Cam Newton has a week of knocking the rust off that surgically repaired shoulder. And the rest of the crew adjusting to their new environments with the Outcasts. Now, there is one piece of information that 302 would like to share with the outcasts. So, Bizzle, I turn it over to you. And Ben. Ben, you and I play this week. You say there must be winners and losers, and that there's no participation trophies. So then, you come into the season as the top loser in the league. And you win a stinker like that? Are you freaking kidding me? 
You bring that weak-ass game this weekend, and you won't know what hits you. Because when you go into 302, you don't get out. Okay, this week my pick is going to be 302. I just don't see the new guys on the Outcast roster making a big enough difference to to sway the tide in his favor. So 302, I'm picking you to go 2 and 0. Outcast picking you to go 1 and 1 before the week's out. Next up, we're going to look at the Night Shift versus Sweatman's Runners. Uh, Sweatman's Runners had key positions, their quarterback, wide receiver 2, tight end and running back 1. They all tripped up last week. Most of these weak positions do not have easy matchups this week. Are they going to be good enough to overcome their matchups and outscore their projected totals? Now, everything went right for Night Shift last week. Can the weak spots of tight end and flex contribute on offense? Now, this is going to be an interesting matchup because we've got three positions that are directly playing head-to-head in the actual games this week. Sweatman's Runners has Amari Cooper fielded against Michael Crabtree for Night Shift. Night Shift has LaShawn McCoy, and Sweatman's Runners is going to be trotting out Christian McCaffrey. And Greg Olson is going to be starting, at least we're expecting him, to start for Sweatman's Runners this week, while Charles Clay has been given the nod by the Night Shift this week. So real games going to impact real big on this fantasy matchup. I'm picking Night Shift to win. Our third preview this week is Awful Waffles going up against Grizzles Gladiators. Now, on the Awful Waffles side of the coin, can Marshawn Lynch, Kirk Cousins, Jimmy Graham, and DeMarco Murray rebound after poor showings last week? They all disappointed. And for Grizzles Gladiators, Matt Ryan versus a legitimate defense rather than the Chicago Bears. I don't know about that one. And Honey Badger is getting ready to feast going up against that atrocious Colts offense that gave away so much to the Rams last week. I'm picking Gladiators in what would be officially the upset of the week, according to Yahoo's projections. So lock it in. Grizzle, I'm looking at you to win this week. Moving right along, Gridiron Mafia against RosterGuard99 this week is our next matchup. RosterGuard... Going to put some faith in Marquise Lee to be able to step in and be the difference maker with Allen Robinson being lost for the season. Let's uh, pay attention to that one. And Gridiron Mafia, Mark Ingram was not a big part of the Saints game plan last week. Are you going to trust him this week? Right now your roster says yes. I think going against the Patriots in New Orleans might be a good choice for you. Picking Gridiron Mafia to win this week, dropping roster guard 99 to 0-2. Jim Kelly Hates Cancer is looking to rebound by going up against the Unsullied slash Steaming Willie Beeman slash Make a Choice, Sean. Jim Kelly Hates Cancer, I'm watching for Carson Palmer and T.Y. Hilton in this one. Neither one did really well last week. And you're going to need both of them to really become studs this week. So let's keep an eye on that one. And for the Unsolid, Julio, uh, Brown, Mike Evans, Kareem Hunt, if they look anything like they did last week, minus, of course, Mike Evans, who we just expect to be good anyway. But if those three slash four put up anything near last week, And now you've added Drew Brees at home against a pretty weak New England secondary and a healthy Keekly on your defense. 
I think the Unsullied might be primed for another title run. I'm going to pick the Unsullied here and uh, going to drop Jim Kelly Hates Cancer. Last matchup of the week is Lance Manlove taking on the Ninja Panthers. Now, Lance, you got Big Ben at home this week. That's your key. I don't know if I'd trust Hyde this week going up against Seattle. And I don't know if Alan Hearns is going to be stepping in. We mentioned Marquise Lee could be the go-to guy, but Jacksonville's going run first. They're definitely taking on Tom Coughlin's identity there. I'm going to pick the Ninja Panthers, but it's going to be a squeaker. Well, Dick, here's the deal. I'm the best there is, plain and simple. I mean, I wake up in the morning, I piss excellence, and nobody can hang with my stuff. Uh, you know, I'm just a I'm just a big, hairy American winning machine. If you ain't first, you're last. You ain't first, you're last. That's Ricky Bobby giving us a drop for our free agent pickup of the week. Now, in the week or so leading up to this first week's games, I scoured through all of the transactions. Now, these are the top three pickups that performed this week. Number three, Kurt Coleman, DB, went to Gridiron Mafia. Six tackles, just over nine and a half points for Joe there, so good job. Number two, Ryan Suckup, kicker, went to Ty for the Awful Waffles. Twelve points, three field goals, one of 50-plus, and an extra point for you. And number one, Justin Houston for the night shift. Two sacks, four solo tackles, one tackle assist, just over 19 points. So good job on the free agent waiver wire there. Let's keep it working. 302 churn their rosters this week by looking that way. So could they be on this list next week? That sad trombone means it's time for the bad break of the week. I've got three. One is going to win. Number three, David Johnson lost for two to three months for Jim Kelly Hates Cancer. We already talked about that. Not quite sad enough to be number one this week, though. Number two, Tom Brady's bad day for the Ninja Panthers. Just didn't help him. But even if he'd done as well as he was expected, you still wouldn't have won. Which means our bad break of the week goes to... Zach and Lance Manlove being embarrassed in the opener and losing one of their stud receivers, Allen Robinson, for the season. So there's your bad break of the week. Going to round out today's podcast looking at a couple more things. One is some notable studs. I don't know how to put this, but I'm kind of a big deal. Our top five studs of the week. These are guys that performed over what their projected numbers were. So special big thanks to Scotty Sweatman for providing all the stats that I've been using, especially these last few categories. Miles Jack, 17-plus points over what he's projected, was benched. Didn't even play in our league. Tariq Cohen, 17 points-plus what he was projected, Again, did not start for any of us. Benched. Calais Campbell, 24-plus points. The dude had like six sacks. And he sat on the bench for Lance Manlove. One more reason, bad break of the week for you. Alex Smith had 25-plus points over what he's projected, and he still sat on a bench. The only player who played this week in this category who outperformed his projections, did it by more than 30 points, and is Kareem Hunt. 
So, good job, Sean. You called that one. Next, want to look at some notable busts for the week, guys, who underperformed. You are a smelly pirate hooker. Why don't you go back to your home on Whore Island? Yes, these guys are all smelly pirate hookers. Joe Flacco, more than 12 points under his projected numbers. Le'Veon Bell, I kind of expected this myself. I mean, you sit out of training camp and a preseason. Even against the Browns, you're still not going to do too much. He was... 13-plus points under what is projected. Russell Wilson didn't help much on the field, going more than 14 points under his projection, going up against what looks like a remade Green Bay defense. So, hey, kudos to them. Tom Brady, more than 22 points under his projection, like we already mentioned. And our biggest bust of the week, Andy Dalton, 24 points plus under what he's projected. He was so bad, he was immediately cut by 302 following that ridiculously pathetic performance. Oh, yeah! That sound means it's our Rookies of the Week. Offensively, Leonard Fournette, Kenny Galladay, Tariq Cohen, Deshaun Kaiser, and Kareem Hunt are top five in ascending order, which means Kareem Hunt is number one and Leonard Fournette's number five. All of those did very well in their debut. Defensively, we like to send out some congratulations to Marcus May, Hassan Riddick, Shaq Griffin, Gerard Davis, and the aforementioned T.J. Watt. All five of those defenders did phenomenally and were the highest-scoring rookies of the week on the defensive side of the ball. Oh, yeah! That is going to do it for this week's NFFL podcast. Uh, my picks last week put me at two and four. So I'm two and four on the season. Gentlemen, football is back, which means fantasy football is back, and it's a good thing. So I'll see you on the gridiron this week. Enjoy it.